Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Moving to Orlando show. Coming up, we're going to talk about what happens after you put an offer in on a home in Florida. Welcome, folks. Coming to you from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined this week via Skype by Moving to Orlando co-owner and realtor, Mr. Sean Falk. Hi. And our producer, Mr. Corey Fiascanaro. Welcome. And uh, before we get started, just a reminder, uh, if you are interested in moving to the Orlando area, please reach out. Let one of our great realtors uh, help you out. You can do that by going to movingtoorlando.com and filling out a contact form there. Or send us an email, uh, admin, A-D-M-I-N, at movingtoorlando.com. Or I think we changed that to info, didn't we? Info at movingtoorlando.com. Or you can email Sean directly if you want to go right to the right to the expert, S-E-A-N, at movingtoorlando.com. Um, so this week, we're going to talk about what happens, what, what happens in Florida after you make an offer on a home, because that's a question we get quite a bit. And uh, Sean has certainly fielded those questions and been through that process quite a bit. So, Sean, what does happen after somebody puts an offer in on a home? Yeah. Um, So typically speaking, uh, at that point, you would put in your offer. So you already have your pre-approval or you have your cash, whatever method you're going to do to pay for the house. And um, you will negotiate back and forth on the price. And so when you fill out your contract or like when I or your realtor write the contract for you, it'll have an expiration date on it that you'll choose. And um, that's essentially going to be your negotiation time period. The contract, your offer is still valid up until that point. So um, if you can't come to a conclusion, the contract just falls off. Nothing happens because they didn't sign the other side of it. And it's not what's called executed. So um, that both both parties agreeing will execute the contract. Um, and so essentially, um, at that point, once both sides have accepted all the parameters of everything, um, the executed contract and a copy of your uh, pre-approval and everything will go to the title company, which the title company in Florida is chosen by the sellers. Um, so we don't have a very much say in it. You can push it, but we usually don't. And uh, so a copy will go to them and a top copy will go to your lender so that they can get started um, on the selling process for you. You want to keep going? I might as well. because You've done okay. it. I haven't. So, okay. um, uh, you know, I'm, gosh. I'm, 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 I'm wrapped with attention right now. If, if you have que- if you have questions and they're just interject. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so a copy goes to the lender and a copy goes to the title company because those are the two sides that you need to get uh, some outside information completed in order for the home to close by whatever point you you pick. Um, and if you have a, a very strong stance on when you want your closing to happen, you need to address it before the contract gets executed. So if you come to me and you're like, hey, can we please try to close by, because I'll pick an arbitrary date. Like I, I'm just, I'm randomly gonna pick a date that's about 30 to 40 days out. But if you come to me and say, hey, you know, the last day of the month's better for me because that's the last day of my rent. And like, if I jump into the 
the following month, I would have to pay another month of rent. Then I can know that and have that in my, my, the back of my mind as we're negotiating, uh, what the time frame is of what you need to do. Um, so anyway, um, well, one thing, let me just, let me just jump in. One thing that's, I think is also really important to, uh, to, to point out, because we've seen this, um, whatever's not in the executed contract is not going to happen. You can sometimes get an addendum, but generally speaking, you know, three weeks after you, you sign your contract and are in the process, turning around and saying, well, no, this is, I, I've got to have this or I've got to have that. Like I said, we can, you know, we can ask the seller if they're, they're cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're not, they're, you're not going to get out of a contract for that, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, unless it was either for one, it was either in the uh, executed contract, um, or as long if you're still in your inspection period, then then we can. But um, you really do need to specify certain things up front because you don't know. Like, let's say you want a fence. And you want to make sure that you can add a fence. We need to know that you want a fence. So, and we need to know that's important. Usually when I'm with people in person, I ask stuff like that just because it comes up pretty often. Uh, but, you know, there's un- other unseen things. I, at the end of the day, me or your realtor, or whoever, they don't know you. They don't know that your aunt might possibly be coming to live with you and she can't walk and like needs like really wide door frames. So, like that's just not a thing. If we don't, if you don't tell us, we don't know. So um, it, it things like that come up fairly often and um, they can be challenging and it can be a big shock to to you as the buyer when I have to tell you, hey, there's nothing we can do about that because it wasn't in the contract. And you should get a copy of the, uh, we should execute a contract. Um, if there's an HOA, well, we'll also sign the HOA addendum. And all the HOA addendum says is who runs the HOA and how much it costs. And you sign it saying you agree to pay for it. It does not tell you what the HOA limitations are. It doesn't tell you what the guidelines are, bylaws, anything like that. You do not necessarily get a copy of that before you close on the house. We can push to try to get one during that time frame, but it has nothing to do with the purchase of it. So if stuff in there is vitally important, again, got to let me know because some places they may say, oh, you can only have this number of dogs or no, you can't build a, you can't put a chain link fence. You have to put a white vinyl fence and it can only fit with these colors. So um, that's a good time to bring that up. And uh, also a seller's disclosure is the other thing that we will sign. And that will be the seller's viewpoint of ever since they moved into the house, what things have come up in the home. So if they know that the house flooded, they were supposed to put that there. If they know the roof was replaced in 2015, that's where they would need to put that as well. So any things that they're aware of, they need to put it, but it's not gospel either. If they don't put it or if they don't even fill out a seller's disclosure, um, you know, we can't like put a gun to their head and say, hey, why didn't you tell us that like this was here? Ultimately, your inspection is going to find some of these things, but um Ideally, they are supposed to fill out their seller's disclosure honestly and as properly as they can. Um, so anyway, once that's done, filled out, sent to your 
a copy sent to your lender and a copy sent to the title company. Um, that day, whenever it's signed, that is when your inspection period begins and also your escrow good faith wiring time period begins. So we will determine how much money you want to put down as good faith. And that is not like your down payment, but it does go towards your down payment on the house. So if you say, oh, the house is 200,000 and I want to put down 20%, we're putting down $40,000 total. But you need to pay some money up front to say, hey, I'm committed to this and I want you to pull it off the market, stop showing it to other people and let's get going. And so that money has to be wired. And here in Florida, that's going to be somewhere between one and 2% of the total, uh, the total price. So for that, we're looking somewhere between two to $4,000. If it's a $200,000 house, I'm usually going around 3000 to 4000 because that can make your offer stronger as well to say, hey, we're really committed. We're willing to put down money. And that's the money that you stand to lose if you back out after your inspection periods, because you will lose that money, uh, whatever that good faith is. And so you'll, you'll wire the money to the title company and you have three business days to do that. So that's a pretty quick thing that has to happen. And the inspection period is 15 days. Um, I typically do a 10 day inspection period because it makes your offer stronger. And um, so the inspector will come. You're more than welcome to join for the inspection. You don't have to if you don't want to. Um, and uh, the inspector is you know very good they go through the house it takes a few hours and they write up a report and it literally has pictures of everything and it says this is what's good about the house this is what's bad about the house and at that point we have those 10 days or 15 or however long we do to get that done and sit and discuss okay what do you either want fixed? What do you want money towards to fix it? Do you want the money towards your closing costs? Do you want the money off the price of the house? Um, how, how do we want to go about it? And Or do you want to just walk away from the house? And if you're in the inspection period and you walk away, you do get your good faith money back. The title company just sends you a check and you get it done and, and that's it. But once that inspection period is over, on a typical contract, that's going to be the last chance you have to back out and not lose that good faith money. And this is also, um, you know, the inspe the inspection is obviously important for a number of reasons. But, you know, you also have to ascertain between, you know, deal breakers. You know, this house has a cracked foundation. Um, and, you know, cosmetic, small cosmetic things, because every house is going to have mm -hmm. some. And sometimes people go th through the inspection process and they see, oh, there's a crack here and there's a crack here. And, oh, the, the house is, no, it's just, it's cosmetic. It's cosmetic. And we, we see that a lot too, right? Yeah. Or, or, you know, here, a big one, stucco. Like there's cracks in the stucco outside the house. Everybody's house in Florida has cracks in the stucco. I have houses, I have a house that's, you know, well over a million dollars that's selling. There are cracks in the stucco of that house. So they, they, it's just part of Florida homes. And you can say, hey, I really want those cracks fixed. I really want this done. But then you have the, the issue where they may fill in the cracks, but then does the paint match? Or do you have to get the entire house painted on the outside? For me personally, my house has a lot of small 
hairline cracks in it, but I'm not getting mine filled until I'm ready to paint the outside because I don't want my house is brown. So like the paint's not going to look the same because my, my paint on the outside of my house now is faded compared to what putting new paint would look like. Even if you did the same color, it's not going to match because the sun has faded the color out on the side. So little things like that are stuff to consider. And ultimately whatever you end up wanting and deciding that you want, and this is something that comes up in the Facebook group a bit with people who don't use us as the, uh, as their realtor. Um, they say, Hey, I wanted all these things done and I don't, they either weren't done during the inspection period, or I feel like they weren't done to the satisfaction that I wanted them to be done. What is my recourse? And essentially there should have been an addendum made that said, these are the fixes that they wanted done, or this is the amount of money that they want towards their uh, new purchase. And if it's not, I mean, there's not necessarily a leg to stand on. I mean, you can push the issue and possibly go to arbitration, but that's really about it. If, um, if your realtor doesn't actually write down what it is that you want done and it's all verbal or there's no actual signed addendums to this document, then um, they're not necessarily on the hook to do anything for you. Okay. So making sure if you don't use us, still make sure you tell your realtor to please get that in writing that they're going to fix these things and, you know, ask for stuff. Like for me, I just had a roof situation with a home and the roof itself doesn't need to be replaced, but it needed some repairs done and they were okay having the repairs done. But part of my stipulation was that they had to provide receipts for this. I want to make sure they have somebody to go back to and say, Hey, you're the one who did the repair on the house. Like, what did you do? And it's not like somebody's cousin who like has done some roofing or something. And I got in that mess when I bought my house, I, I let them do an air duct cleaning. I let the sellers do it. And when I say the sellers, like they physically did it themselves and it was very poorly done and I didn't have a like the stand on because my realtor didn't uh they didn't get anything in writing and they didn't require them to do it professionally so um yeah so it's stuff to look out for all right so what about when we get to the point of closing what um what is that process like well the the one other big step once we decide that the inspection is done um, that's when the appraisal happens. Oh, right. um, and that that's your lender will want an appraisal. They're going to require one. So um, they actually, um, uh, it's very important because the quicker we get through the, the, the appraisal can't happen until the inspection's over. So the quicker we can get through the inspection, the quicker we can move towards appraisal. Um, and so the appraisal will happen. And that's another point where people bring up like, oh, what if the house doesn't appraise? What's the situation? And I'll try to put this as layman's terms as I can. Let's say the house was 200,000. You're going to put down 20%. So you're putting down 40,000. That So $160,000 is how much you want the bank to give you. If the home appraised for $161,000, you are buying that house. So because you're already saying, because the bank is going to pop up and say, cool, we'll give you $161,000, no problem, or what, 
usually it's never going to be that close, but um, it, it's a situation where if the bank will cover it, that's what the contract stated. You can get out of it if the bank won't cover the loan amount. And, but if they will, based on the appraisal, then you are on the hook for buying the house. And a lot of that will come down to the percentage of um, equity that the bank wants you to have in the house. So we do want to make sure that while it is tempting right now to bid well over the asking price, if you bid too high over, you just need to be mentally prepared that if the house doesn't appraise, you may still have to buy the house even though it didn't appraise. Um, if you chose to walk away from the house, you would lose your good faith money. And we, I have had that happen before where somebody's popped up and you kind of just have to play hardball at that point and um just say hey you know what like is it worth losing three or five thousand dollars of good faith to not lose eighteen thousand and it's um you know and from there we negotiate back and forth so we say hey you know what i'm like my buyers are prepared to walk away and they're like okay well let's come down on the price some so that they will still want to buy the house, but not lose out on a lot of money. And we can have a meeting of the minds uh, kind of thing. But most of the time we pull comps. So we're pretty close to the appraisal amount anyway. But for some homes, especially if you're in that two hundred to $300,000 range right now in, in Orlando, you are paying over the appraised value of the house if you want to get it and you want to keep it because so, that's a problem right now. Right. At the, en- at the end of the day. Market. At the end of the day, the bank just cares about how much they have to lay out and is the house worth that? They don't care what you're paying for the house. So if the bank is on the hook for 160 and it appraises for that, you're fine. Um, And that was like, I I guess I had never thought of that before getting into this. I'd never thought of that, but it makes sense. And we've seen it, you know, um, uh, Golden Oak is a great example of houses that are not going to appraise. No, for never. what they are charging for them. So you have to, if you're going to buy, I mean, the cheapest house in Golden Oak is two and a half million dollars, <laughs> but, um, you have to be prepared. If you're going to mortgage that, um, you have to be prepared to put a lot more money down because it's not going to appraise for that. You're paying for the name. You're paying for the location, not the value of the house. Yeah. Homes there appraise for about 70% of what you pay for it. So, I mean, that means you're going to have to put down about 50% of the price in cash just to get it to clear what the bank wants as far as equity goes, plus getting over that 30% threshold for it not actually appraising in that price range. So if you're going gold note, you need to be prepared to have at least half the money uh, up front to do. Um, <laughs> and for a lot of people from other countries as well, um, I know it's been an issue with people in, in the EU or the UK and Canada as well. You do need to have a little bit bigger of a chunk as far as cash goes um, cause I know there are some different laws in some of your countries out there that don't necessarily let you spend the same way we do here as far like here, you can do 3% with some places. And that's just not a thing necessarily in, uh, in some other countries that they don't let you do that, especially when it's a second home or an investment property. So, um, but anyway, yeah, the house needs to appraise. So after it does, um, we will, um, you know, title is an, another issue. We'll get an estoppel and um, we'll go through the title company and they will essentially be explaining to us, hey, 
Um, the house, there's not like these outstanding liens against the house. There's not, um, you know, somebody's, you know, aunt isn't going to pop up and say, no, that's my house. Like it got sold out from under me or anything like that. So that's part of the service as well that you get from the title company. And that's just gives you some peace of mind. And, um, so essentially then, uh, we just get towards the closing date and, uh, we will get what's called an Alta and that shows information about your closing. It will give you an estimate of your closing costs. It will, um, uh, and it does a full breakdown of everything with closing. And it'll say how much each portion gets. It'll say how much the realtors get, which all of that's paid through the seller. Just FYI. So if you're buying a house, use a realtor because you're not paying for the realtor. Um, so it makes sense. Uh, and it does the full breakdown of each situation. The big thing that I get asked about a lot is taxes for the year. In Florida, whoever lives in the house at the end of the year pays all the taxes for the year. So even if you bought the house like right before the end of the year, you still have to pay the full year's worth of taxes. So, um, which is fine at the end of the year. But then if let's say you bought the house in January, you still need to pay for the entire year whenever you're that money needs to be shown there. So uh, what happens is you essentially would have to prorate for each day based on the previous year's taxes. So um, if you're buying, you know, June 1st, then the buyer needs or the seller needs to give you money from January 1st until they leave the house June 1st or until the very last day of May. Um, and then you would take over and pay the rest from there but most of the time, your um, mortgage company is going to want that all prepaid for the year. So that can affect your closing costs. Okay. Yep. So besides that, um, once we get to the actual closing day, you um, will wire the remaining balance of your money just like you did the previously for your escrow money. And that just needs to be there before closing because if you wait until closing... We can't close because you haven't paid. So that has come up a few times. Um, so you have to pay it before. And um, then we can actually sign all the documents that we need to. And you do not have to be here. If you want to sign from wherever you live currently, if you're not ready to move, if you're getting a second home, um, you can close from anywhere you are in the world. You don't have to come in person. So um, the title company will set that up to get you to sign where you are. But if you want to come in person, we'll do it in person and you get your keys then and you're ready to move into the house uh, immediately. So also during that time period, those last few days, we'll work on utilities usually as well because you'll want to figure out what who the electric provider is, who the water provider is, and get that information transferred into your own name. But essentially at that point, you're ready to go. So once you sign, that's it with the house. Um Oh, we do have a final walkthrough as well. So usually the day, a day or two before closing, um, your realtor will go with you to the house and they will walk you through the home. And that is your last chance to say, hey, this house does not meet the standard of what I thought that I was purchasing based on the way I saw it last time. And I have had somebody have to walk away from a house at the final walkthrough because the sellers did not maintain the home to the expectation of what the house was supposed to be. 
But if you don't do the final walkthrough, you waive that right because it's listed in your contract that you have the right to do one. But if you don't go and you don't and you say, no, I don't really want to go do it, then you're buying the house as is. That's it in Florida. So you can't go back and say to the seller, oh, I moved in and the water, the floor is warped because there's been water damage. They will tell you, I like probably get that fixed in your new home like that's essentially it but if you went to the final walkthrough then you would have seen it and you would have said hey this is a problem and i'm not cool with it so yep okay so that's that's the whole process right that is the whole process yeah Yeah. so i wanted to do this just to like give people that that that's peace of mind going into it because everybody always says oh you know now what like now now what do i do or it's very different here compared to other other places you know i talk to people from massachusetts they use lawyers there we don't use lawyers here um you don't bring a lawyer with you to closing that's i've never even heard of somebody doing that but apparently it's pretty common in the northeast by comparison to here and i do have somebody that i am doing that with but it's because theirs is a very complicated situation with like lease backs and all this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, so in that case, you know, we have set them up with a lawyer and said, Hey, you know, we need to work this out, but in general, you're not going to need that. So that's a little bit of the Florida home buying process and closing process. Well, I think, you know, we do get the questions a lot. I know we say that all the time, but we do, we get a lot of different questions and that's kind of what we use as, the guide for what shows we're going to do and what kind of shows we're going to do. Not all of them are, uh, not all the topics are going to be clickbaity and sexy. Uh, some of them like, like this one is, is not clickbaity or sexy, but it is important information. And we do hear it a lot. And especially if you're a first time home buyer, you know, this whole process is brand new. So mm-hmm. you go into it and you're like, okay, what's going to happen. And I don't know. I, I, I know I feel better going into a process when I kind of know what to expect as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, Oh, by the way, right. Worst, right. Worst word, last word you want to hear when you're buying, buying a house. Oh, by the way. Um, yeah. And it's, it's little things too. Like, you know, some people get really, really nervous if the home's not going to close. Cause like, like I said, I'm picking an arbitrary close date. If I'm picking December 15th and we sign, we're all good. And then your lender pops up and says, oh, my God, like we can't finish by the 15th. We're so far behind. There's no way we'll be done before the 22nd of December. And then you're just freaking out because you're like, oh, my God, like that's what the contract says. What's going to happen? I mean, the contract says in it you get a 10 day grace period anyway, but they don't want to relist their house like they already have somebody buying the house. So ideally, they'd rather just push out for a week rather than having to give you your money back and then put the house back on the market and all that kind of stuff. So it's not worth it to them, to the sellers usually at that point to, to do that kind of stuff. So you don't have to worry about it. It's ideally we want to shoot for that closing date, but if it doesn't happen, it's not a big deal unless it is a big deal to you, then you need to let me know so I can make sure it happens and I can give you realistic expectations but 
it, it depends on what kind of loan you're using too. If you're using cash, I mean, we can be closed in like two weeks at the most, like we can do even quicker. Probably uh, conventional could be about 30 days to maybe 40, but you know, with the VA, you might be looking closer to a month and a half, two months. So it's just depends because different loan types have different processes that they need to go through. All right. Well, there you have it. That's a look at the process after you make an offer on buying a home in Florida. And uh, just a reminder, you can, uh, if, if you have questions, uh, need some help from a realtor here in Florida, Sean, S-E-A-N at movingtoorlando.com, or you can head over to our website at movingtoorlando.com. Thanks for being with us, folks. That's going to do it for this show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next Wednesday with another edition of the Moving to Orlando Show. Have a great week.